Welcome to the Watermark Students Podcast, a podcast for students featuring students where we discuss the everyday issues of teenage life from a Christian perspective. For more information on Watermark Students, check out watermark.org slash students. We hope that this episode is helpful to you. What up, y'all? We are back again with another edition of the Watermark Students Podcast. My name is Austin Mankin, joined as always by the Jermaine Harrison. What up, people? Kaylee Wright. What up, people? Let's go. And our student guest for today, Emma Awulabaja. Hello, everyone. Let's go, Emma, and introduce yourself to the audience. Hi, I'm Emma, and I'm a junior at J.D. Pierce High School, and from a family of four. Emma, we are so stoked to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Before we begin, we have to know you a little bit better, and so I have an important question for you. Mm. You ready? Yeah. Okay, here it is. I'm ready too, Austin. Okay, you guys are ready. Everyone's ready. Yep. (laughs) And Jermaine is also ready. Okay, so now you've, you've just gotten out of quarantine, and so you've spent a lot of time with your family. So my question is... Uh, if you could bring one Disney character into quarantine with you and your family, who would that be? Who would make Ooh. it more fun? Mm. I would definitely be bringing Elsa. Ooh. What out to my Frozen fans? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out my Frozen fans, which I have not actually seen, which is I got roasted for. So yeah, that's I need tough. to. It's very Why tough. Elsa? I mean, she's just fun and like. Just what she does in the movie. It's so nice. Just working with water and ice. It is so <laughs> nice. So graceful. Yeah, see that. She can sing you a song and then yes. she can also no. like freeze you a popsicle. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Man, Austin, I think that's a great question that you just uh, pitched to the table. Thank and you. I appreciate love that. to answer. Um, mine may be a dark horse answer, but just hang with me. I think the individual Disney character that I would invite into our family during quarantine is Ricky from High School Musical to Musical the series. Um, wow, no, that no. is a dark horse. I was not no. expecting that. He, here's why. If you've ever seen the show, Ricky is likable. He's fun. He's funny. He can also he, sing. He can sing. He wears a different pair of Vans in every episode, if you notice that minor detail. But he just seems like a fun-loving guy in his character on the show. He'd and just so, be a great third wheel for you and Hannah going on your dates. That's true. He, he, would, he would make it really fun. So I that's what it. I'd pick. Wow. Haley, tell Guys, us. Guys, thank you so much for asking. Mm. Uh, it's funny that... Jermaine mentioned a dark horse because the Disney character that I would invite wow. to quarantine uh, with my family is actually a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and by no, that I mean... Uh, it can't be. Say it, it I would, so. I would invite the horse from the movie Tangled okay. uh, mm. to come quarantine. It really is one of my favorite Disney characters. His name is Maximus, mm. and I think that he is... Just a magnificent stallion, and it'd be really fun to have Maximus uh, quarantining with me for entertainment, and we could go on And you'd rides. ride, you'd ride, ride Maximus yeah. to like the grocery store and stuff? For sure. Oh, that's Ooh. amazing. Yeah. And Austin, what about you, though? <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> I am split, guys, between two. Andy Brink Brinker of the movie Brink, yes. also Corbin Blue of the movie Jump In. Both of those mm. guys have taught me how to be uh, a man. <laughs> jump in, how to jump rope, and how uh, to to take inline skating seriously. I wanted to live vicariously through them in my childhood, and so that's wow. my answer. Thank you. It's, wow, that's Austin, yeah. you know I was on the middle school double dutch team. You were. Yeah, uh, I can teach you a few things. <laughs> Corbin Blue made jump roping cool again. I just, I'm just gonna say it. So it was never not cool, that. but really up wasn't. for debate. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, guys, anyways, guys, we are gonna go ahead and jump into today's discussion. And so, um, if you look around the world today, racial tension is at an all-time high. Uh, And this has created a lot of confusion, unrest, and discouragement. And high schoolers specifically uh, are wanting to be helpful and wanting to know how should teenagers respond to the racial tension evident in our world. And so we're going to be 
talking about that today. And we're going to talk to Emma and learn about her story and just be encouraged by what God has been teaching her through this. And so before we begin, Emma, will you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about you and your family and your upbringing? Yes. Okay. So I'm from a family of four, as I said, and my mom is from Germany while my dad is Nigerian. And so combined together, we make this black family. That is an incredible family. German, Nigerian, American. Incredible. It's so good. And so um, just to paint a scene for everyone, we're going to like talk about your story and your Mm -hmm. experience specifically with this and uh, just getting to talk to you. I know that it's going to be a profitable conversation. And so thanks so much for being here and being willing to to dive into this potentially heavy or awkward topic for some. And we're going to learn that the Lord has a lot for us to learn and be encouraged by. And so the first question we have for for you, Emma, is uh, do you have any personal experience that you would be willing to share uh, with the audience where you felt mistreated because of the color of your skin? I don't think I've had any experience being mistreated, like really mistreated, but I would say for sure that um, there have been times when I had conversations with people and friends where someone would make a statement that you sound so good to be black, you're a real, white on the, out- white on the inside and black on the outside. Oh, yeah. just you're so good to be black. And, and how, how did, how did those, um, statements like make you feel or how did you respond to those? Mm, you know, the funny thing is like when I, they make those statements, I don't pay attention to them until I have a quiet time or just a time to myself. And then I look back on our conversations and it's like, Whoa, this individual meant this and like, wow. And it just makes me sad. That's interesting to, to, to bring up because I think the, the concept that, that comes to my mind is that words are powerful. Yeah. Um, and you know, to any high schooler or student listening to this, any teenager listening to this, I, I want to remind you of that, that, that words are powerful and that you have the ability to build someone up or tear someone down with mm-hmm. your words. And it makes me think of James one nineteen, which says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. And it's just like, even thinking about yourself, it's so easy to say some of those things that uh, Emma just talked about, like uh, you're an Oreo or whatever it might be. And it you may not have any negative intention with saying it, but being mindful of how that could be received by that person is very important. And then the listener, the person receiving that, you know, that those words also being slow to become angry and compassionate and understanding, hey, they may have just been saying that because that's what they've heard said before. And maybe they didn't even have any ill intent. And so I think it goes both ways. Like the person saying it, being wise with their words because words are powerful and the person receiving it being uh, patient and compassionate. Yeah, that really is so good. And Emma, you know, like being white, I've never had an experience where I've felt like discouraged where someone has made a comment about the color of my skin. And so hearing that words have been discouraging or words have torn you down, like I'm so sorry. And like, I grieve that with you and I'm sorry that you have gone through that. And I'm, I'm really thankful that, uh, you have put in work to, um, grow in light of that. And like you said, you were able to process it afterwards. And so, but, um, next question we want to ask is, How did you respond when you started seeing and hearing the headlines regarding race over the past couple months? Good question. I think that when it all stemmed up, I definitely didn't want to get involved or just hear about it just because emotions that I feel regarding situations like this are not really nice to feel pain and anger and all that. And so, but definitely after I started to have to hear about it because all over social media for sure. And so I'll say for sure that um, I was definitely angry and pain and sad um, and definitely 
this was an emotion that every member of my family was feeling at some point in their own time. And so I would say that just giving it all to God yeah. um, was definitely very helpful for me. Just spending time with um, the Bible or scriptures and just learning what God had to say. Even For being, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you said at first you were kind of hesitant to really yeah. like acknowledge and address it. Why was that? I'll tell you because I definitely didn't want to feel these emotions again because these stuff go on, on and on, back to back. And when these happen, it's so hard not to picture like a family member or a dad or my mom or something. Yeah. And so definitely you want to feel this emotion because they're not really good to feel mm-hmm. like, nice to have to go through. Yeah. yeah. And so those those are real emotions. And, um, you know, I, I'm encouraged to see that you took those emotions to the Lord, because as I think of that, I think of, you know, you spending time in God's word in response to the, these emotions that you feel. And just I'm reminded of the fact that God's character and his word are gifts in the midst of pain. Yes. Like, I, like as you're talking, uh, I was thinking of Psalm 34, verse 18, which says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And so if you're listening to this and you feel uh, uh, brokenhearted or you feel crushed because of the the, the racial tension or an inequality that you may have experienced personally or just see in our world, that man running to God's word is one mm-hmm. of the best things that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of ideas and opinions out there of where we find comfort to our pain or solution to our pain. And we just said that words are powerful and that the wisest words that we can use is God's word, that it helps us be equipped for every good work. And so, Emma, I just love to hear what advice you would give a high schooler right now who's listening, who's just struggling to address this topic. What would you have them do? Yeah, I would say that like they need to talk more. I think my small group leader, um, Amber, was very open to talk to me. Um, she definitely sent a message just letting me know that she was there for me to talk um, and definitely sending prayers for me. And that definitely made me feel good. Um, it just felt like I was loved and not alone in the situation. Mm-hmm. And so just learning to talk about it is very much helpful where we don't just ignore a big thing that's going on around us. It's it's like those small gestures yeah. go a long way. Exactly. Like she, you know, she, it, you can feel like it was just a text message or just a phone call, mm-hmm. but that it meant so much to you yeah. in that moment that someone else knew that, you know, you were feeling something, even if, you know, your small group leader didn't necessarily know what you were feeling or yeah. thinking, just that gesture of reaching out was really powerful. And I think when you think of, uh, you know, like even the body language that people can communicate something with their body language mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. in a group uh, of maybe a lot of a lot of white people and you're a part of that group, like the body language of those individuals also communicates something. And so like to the the person listening, running, hanging out at home, that student, man, your small gestures um, can go a long way with your friends that are black. Yeah. Yeah. That is so good. Emma. Um, I want to ask you about social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we have seen a lot on social media, um, a lot of responses, a lot of reposts and stuff. Um, is that helpful? Is that encouraging? What's your perspective on that? Mm, I think that social media can be good and bad. And I've seen so much posts that are so good and like posts that are not so good and maybe hurtful to see. And so I think that we should be mindful of what we see and the posts that we encourage. I think people have posted like posts that are not so good. And I'm wondering how are you having this mindset and like you're a Christian, aren't you looking at what scripture says about this before just 
going with what you see in social media. Yeah. So good. And it's a, it's a, it's a tough tension because on the one hand, some teenagers, like they want to be helpful, but unfortunately in their, uh, zeal and passion to be helpful. Um, they may post something that's unhelpful to someone like you, Emma. Yeah. Right. And so my encouragement as I, as I think about this is, um, to those who are listening is pray before you post, uh, reach out before you, you know, begin to rant on social media, um, because it's so easy to get caught up in, um, the way culture wants us to respond when, what what is maybe the most ideal response is a small gesture that goes a long way. Yes. Like I would encourage everyone to, you know, push through that awkward tension, address the issue head on with people yeah. that, you know, people that are your friends, people that you interact with and 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 say, hey, I saw this in the news and I don't know what your specific reaction is to it. But I want you to know that. Um, uh, that I, I I believe that you have a response and I care about your response. How are you doing? I think that that might even be more powerful than posting to social media. Like I get like raising awareness, um, but there's so much out there that uh, might be very unhelpful and unchristian. Um, and so do your research, pray. Um, and if you still believe that you should post something after you've prayed, then, you know, be free. But, but I think that there's some, some steps to go through before posting something on on social media. Yeah. And a question I just have had to ask myself during this time is just, you know, how do I engage with people who don't look like me or act like me? Um, and am I fighting to form friendships with those people? Um, or I'm settling just for the social media post or, um, just the text, or am I seeing people in my community and people out in, you know, everyday life and, and pushing through the tension and engaging with those conversations that could be awkward or hard? Yes. Yeah. Because if all you're doing is, is posting to social media, but you're not reaching out to your Hispanic friend or Asian friend or a, a black friend, whoever it is, like to me, I'm just like, uh, you're, you're not taking advantage of the opportunity of relationship that you have and that it seems like or can feel like you're you're more concerned with making a public statement of proving that you're not racist than you are of genuine relationships with people of color. Totally. Yeah. That's so good. Emma, um, does it how does it make you feel when someone does reach out and ad- address what's going on in the world and ask you how you're doing? I think that I feel very much hopeful for the future. I think that I feel loved and cared for just because definitely we can see the unsettled tension. But when someone is willing to acknowledge it and say, we're going to work in this, we're going to make this better. Um, it's just really nice to see. And I definitely love when my friends reach out to me. Yeah. And I think some people listening to this right now may want to reach out to their friends of color and yeah. want to have conversations, but we get kind of stuck in our mind of mm-hmm. like, oh, it's going to be awkward or this is kind of a scary conversation. And I don't really know what to say. Uh, but scripture tells us that people will know that we are God's disciples by the way that we love. Mm-hmm. And if, if we're afraid to love our friends who are hurting, then I, I think we're missing out on an opportunity to show like God to other people, mm-hmm. you know? And so yeah. that is so good and so encouraging. Um, another question, Emma, is what is one thing that you would want every person listening right now to know about your experience being black in a majority white high school? Okay. Yeah. So I would say that my experience has been hard, but very beneficial also, um, hard in the sense that like 
getting to know some people and getting to relate with other friends and group of people has been very hard where you can definitely feel the unsettled tension um, of just people telling you directly to your face that you don't belong in this group. Um, Stop Mm -hmm. trying to fit in so much and just like just making me feel so uncomfortable maybe like suffocated in that environment to that moment yeah um but very beneficial in the sense that like you can definitely tell um true friends people that don't really care about what i look like but rather what i have to offer my personality as a person in my life in christ yeah people who are um acknowledge that you are that you are black um but yeah but um the thing that unites you to them is the fact that you're a human being yeah. and specifically a follower of Christ and and that Christ has done something to bring us all together, regardless of our upbringing, our background. That's so good, Emma. I think that is so good. Emma, how do you feel like being a Christian has helped you in the midst of the racial tension in the world around us right now? Mm-hmm. Definitely being a Christian is a very good um, and helpful way to do it. This just Giving it out to God, I think that every day we learn how much um, just adding God and giving God our problems, our situation, um, our challenges is just very much helpful. And I'll tell you that, like, I could definitely see how much it's beneficial to give it out to God rather than just wheeling in to different emotions that you feel at those particular times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone wants to be a part of the solution or yeah. most people want to be a part of the solution. Um, but they think that the problem largely is skin when really the problem is sin. Yeah. That at, at the core of all of the, the tension, the unrest, the um, inequality or whatever it might be is the sin that is in every single one of us, regardless of our color. And so the only way, I believe the only way to be anti-racist and to stem the tide of racism in our world is to be pro-Christ, is to be pro the gospel, that Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. came, as Ephesians 2 says, to break down the dividing wall. We all have a tension or uh, a tendency to... um, Uh, figure out and find things that divide us and use those things to keep ourselves separate from others. And Christ came to, to level the playing field, to make it one large family. And it only happens by our trust and dependence in God. Yes, you can, um, you know, fight for better policies and different things like that. But if your solution doesn't start with Jesus and doesn't start with the gospel and doesn't start with the understanding that this is a change that happens from the heart that can only come through a life that is surrendered to God, man, you can, you can try to fix all of the problems out there, but if you don't deal with the root issue of sin, man, those problems are going to continue to exist. So Jesus is the solution. Yeah. It can just be so easy to look at the world or look at social media and just be negative or critical or overwhelmed by what's going on. Therefore, it's so important, as Jermaine was saying, to remind ourselves of the simple truth that the gospel gives us hope that we can change. That is the power of God for salvation to anyone who believes. And so that starts with uh, obviously looking inward before we look outward. We need to look at the sin in our own heart, where we can grow before we start focusing on anyone else. I love that, Emma. Um, In light of what these guys were just saying, how do you feel like you have dealt with racism, prejudice, all of this in your own heart and life? What have you been learning? I think that I'm looking back, it's been hard just to um, weigh down all my emotions and just learn how to give it all to God. But it's been definitely helpful. And I'll say that my family has been a major um, way and major people in my life helping me get through this and just hammering on how much um, 
just give it all to God. Just making yeah. it so much that like, yeah, you need to give it all to God because they can be very overwhelming and very hard to navigate, especially into sin patterns and letting just sin stem up from that and having any resentments for any other person that's not necessarily black in my life. Awesome, Emma. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us. I thought this conversation was really encouraging and one that I think we learned a lot from. And so um, just as we close, I'd love to hear maybe one last thing you would encourage a student um, who is struggling um, with this tension that is going on in our world. Mm, I would say that um, stage your... I think that you should state your um, opinion about it. I think a lot of people that I know personally um, have their stance on racism and definitely do not agree to this, but do not stand up to show um, and state what they feel about it. And so in the moments where they can see definitely um, it playing out in front of them, they just back out. I think as Christians that we should um, make sure that we show that what's unacceptable is unacceptable and not just move on from it and say, I don't want to get involved. Don't tolerate it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love that. That's so good. And and I think to add on to that, man, something that Austin mentioned a little bit earlier is that uh, at the end of the day, racism and this issue that we're talking about isn't just a problem out there with other people, but it's, it's, it's a problem within our own hearts. And when we see ourselves, whatever race, ethnicity, um, you are, when you see yourself and see the fact that this, this, uh, propensity towards being prejudiced and racism, that it lives in you, that it lives in me and that your natural inclination is to divide. It'll help you see that, man, we need to be more dependent on the Lord than ever, especially in, in an issue like this, where the solution is the gospel and that the gospel gives us the power and the ability to address it. And it's not just, um, Hey, let me believe the gospel and then let me go do all of these things. But that everything that we, however we respond, whatever we say is informed and transformed Mm -hmm. by God's word and God's character and what Christ has done. So I love it. Well, that is going to do it for us on the podcast today. Emma, thank you so much for joining us. And so just to summarize what we said, we said words are powerful. You need to be wise with your words because they carry weight. So you should be slow to speak. We said that the problem isn't skin color. The problem is sin. And that the solution is through Jesus Christ who gives us hope and the ability to act justly and to be ministers of reconciliation. And so if you have any more questions about teenage life you'd like for us to discuss, feel free to email students at watermark.org. We'll see you guys next time. Oh, we'll see ya. See ya.